Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So, in case you ain't no so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Dolphins get their first victory out in LA. The Marlins are still swimming towards the wild card spot. Inner Miami wins without Messi in the MLS, and the Hurricanes get a big upset at home. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. back shout out to the whole squad in the building yeah we got a we got a full house today yes sir full barn first and foremost my dog rocky's in the building yeah that's the, that's the first animal we got to no no nah, for so sure if you hear any sneezing later we know who to attribute absolutely for that absolutely and we also have uh the big homie martin in the building from sports with so so only fans yeah. also tune out martin what up my boy Oh, hold on. Let's see if Martin's live I'm, on the mic. I'm good. I'm He's good. good. He's good. Oh, we also good. got Jose fresh off his job at BKFC. <laughs> what up, my dog? What's up, fellas? Uh, they're a little preoccupied over there on the sidelines. They're they working. Through. They're working. Yeah, Martin was on uh, OnlyFans yesterday with us. Yes, sir. So we got to lead off with that. Make sure to go check out the newest episode of OnlyFans in case you missed the Dolphins game or in case you watched it and just want some dope Absolutely. analysis and insight. Go check it out. That's what you got to do. And more importantly, you got to make sure you're hitting that subscribe button if you haven't already. Big facts. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Get ready to get all the fucking number one Dolphins post-game recap that you can ever expect to hear in your life. All right, let's reel it back. Nah, nah, because we killed it last <laughs> night. And yesterday was our first official show, right? Brand new format. Shout out to Rax, you know, for joining us on the program. Yes, like. Sir. It's, it's just different now, and yesterday went through seamlessly, man, and, and it was just dope. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel and checking out OnlyFans every week. Hit those notifications. Uh, let's talk about this Dolphins win, man. Oh, 36 to 34 out in L.A. Can't talk about it enough, dog. We, we, we expected them to win, right? And the other thing that we expected was the offense to look good, and that's exactly what we saw, Check. right? Check. We, we checked both important boxes. What we didn't expect is for the defense to necessarily look like it did. And that's kind of where, you know, I I, I want to start. The The defense didn't necessarily show up until it really, really needed to in the fourth quarter. Um, there were a lot of times where throughout the game on third downs, third and six, third and seven, we were allowing the Chargers to complete those passes for maybe 12, 13 yards, and even get some runs off. Uh, we talked about it earlier while we were discussing the pregame show. They ran all over us. They really did. You know, they had over 200 yards as a team. Um, they almost had two of their rushes go for over 100 yards, and that's not something that we were expecting to see from Vic Fangio's defense. Um, but in the in crunch time, they showed up. We had multiple sacks to end the game, ended up the day with three total sacks. Uh I, I don't know. I, I think that that's the one thing that I look at and be like, fuck, I, I wish the defense played better, but everything else was a positive yesterday from the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you just, if you want to be the reverse of a silver lining, you know, like take something, <laughs> find something negative right. in a great outcome, then yeah, you can nitpick and say, obviously our defense, you know, we talked about it on the show yesterday on OnlyFans. Once again, go follow, subscribe. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, the, the red zone, you know, they were five for five in the red zone. They, you know, they scored four touchdowns, had a field goal. Um, you know, Martin did have a great take on OnlyFans yesterday, though, about the defense. And it wasn't until he said it that, it, you know, it, I didn't connection. say it. So I don't know if you want to share it, if you're on the same thought process as far as Vic Fangio's defense and what we saw. Yeah, yeah you're good. You're oh, okay, no, so uh, for me, honestly, yesterday was the first game of the season. So I don't think a, a defensive coordinator like that's going to bring out everything. Just your first week, wow. like especially if everything else is working, like you see your offense moving, you don't want to bring all the stops. So it's pretty vanilla for the most part. I feel like the defense until we needed them to to step up and bring the blitz and show some looks that maybe they hadn't seen all game. And it was in crucial moments like the last two drives with Kohu. I'm not sure if it was the yeah. last drive, though the second the, last, second drive to last, where he and got that the, sack, and then the actual sack to end the game. Like that, those are two plays that you're like, wow, okay, you see that all game. Here's my problem with that, right? Not that we can't do that because obviously we showed that we have an ability to do so, right? My issue with that is if you if you wait too long to pull those out, it could burn you. And <clears throat> Herbert's a good enough quarterback. They have an, enough offensive weapons on that Chargers offense. 
that they might have been able to drive down the field, not necessarily score a touchdown because they didn't need to, but at least get close enough to kick a field goal, a 55-yarder or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like something like that would have definitely been possible had it not been for us being able to get to the quarterback when we did. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm muting all over the place. But, yeah, no, I, I, but I like the idea, though, that, you know, you don't give up all your cards right, right away. First game of the season, you know what I mean? You, you don't. You, there's nothing really for them to go off of. So it's like you don't want to give them everything in the first half. You know, I guess that's kind of what Martin was and, saying. And I guess to touch the last point is that they were running so well that you didn't know when they were passing. So you would have brought a blitz on that's a wrong true. play and they would have just Fucking those the small plays would have been huge runs. No, and they hit two plays like that on yeah. us, right? Where we went all out blitz to stop the run and boom, the, they just did a little dump pass. A and guy was wide longs. open. And on third downs, right? So, yeah, I guess it. If you want to point to something, right, that we can nitpick, like Joel said, we're going to look at the defense and be like, all right, maybe they weren't shut down yesterday on Sunday, you know? They weren't in a shutdown defense. And that's okay because when in the reality of it, the Chargers are a high-powered offense, and they're going to be able to put up 30-plus points on pretty much every single team they face this year. Let's just be realistic. So should we. Right. And that's my second point. The main thing that I wanted to see from this Dolphins offense was fluidity. I wanted these guys to be able to march down the field whenever they wanted to, put up a touchdown, get the extra point, get an easy field goal, and just score whenever we need to. We saw that. Even though we had a little bit of trouble getting out the gate, the two fumbles, um, just a lot of miscommunication, those first two drives were just hockey, you know what I mean? They were just weird. And we got settled into the offense, into the into the rhythm of the game, and then boom, the offense took off. More importantly, between Tua and Hill. Because we we all know that that's why he was brought here. He was brought here to take advantage of Tua's accuracy. He's the most accurate NFL quarterback that there is right now. He found Tyreek Hill in the most perfect spots yesterday that I'm, I'm sure Tyreek Hill himself was so, so surprised that he didn't feel anybody on him the moment he, he catched the ball. Because there were, you know, I made the joke, he, his yards uh, after catch yesterday were average around eight, nine yards. And that's just the low ceiling because there were at least three catches he had where he got off for 15, 20 yards downfield. Just crazy to see those guys on the same page so early on in the season. And that's kind of what the hope was. And low key, you know, Jose mentioned it earlier, but we spread the ball out. You know, Tyreek Hill had 11 catches, you know, out of the 28 uh, catches total. That means that 17 of those other catches were spread out between six other receivers. That's nasty. Because you can kind of say that he's keen in on Tyreek Hill, right? With the 11 tar- catches, probably 13 targets. But he's also finding guys to, to make the smart play and get the first down. We saw River Craycraft make some big first down catches. Braxton Berrios made some big first down catches. Um, Smythe made some big first down catches as well. So it, it wasn't like Tua was just depending on Hill the entire game, which we saw a couple of times last year, especially in important games. But we saw him, you know, have that patience, show that maturity as a quarterback, not necessarily go for the home run player or the first option and settle for the second, third option. Let those guys, you know, earn their paycheck and do what they do best. That that offensive or let me not say offensive, but that receiving core for this offense is pretty, pretty, you know, devastating for other teams to match up against, man. It's going to be tough. And we still have a guy named uh, Cedric Wilson on yeah. the team. And yeah. we still have a guy that's in the practice squad named, I don't really know his name anymore, Robbie Chosen Anderson, something along those lines. That's what they call him. I'm pretty sure I saw him on the sidelines. He's on the so practice squad. It, it's kind of odd for a practice squad player to be traveling with the team, but it kind of makes sense. He's a veteran and stuff like that. They're probably keeping him in there. Just somebody probably going to go down. They're probably going to need to give somebody some time off where they'll elevate him. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I know some people don't really care for him, but it's just that's just the depth that we have right now with Wes Walker leading the, you know, the charge. Nah, I, I don't care you. about that guy. I know, I know a lot of people don't care, but I'm just saying, like we have, we have really, I mean, we have Tyreek and and Waddle, one and two punch. That's forget about it. And then forget you go, you go to, it. you go to Barrios, and then you go to uh, you know Craycraft and uh, Cedric Wilson, and then we also have Izukama. Yeah, you know, so and he got a, a, a carry, two carries yesterday actually on a run around. 
You know, and, and, and he was, and he was a part enough. of the big pass interference right before the half yes, that, that took us up a field goal. So there, there, there are enough offensive weapons for this offense to be, like I said, fluid, being able to score at will, score whenever they need to, and not necessarily just settle for long field goals. Even when they when they do just get field goals, it's a 35-yarder. It's a, you know, 32-yarder, something like that, where we're close and we just didn't get a chance to get into the end zone. Well, talking about <clears throat> kicking through the uprights, there was one miss on our part yesterday on OnlyFans, and that's how we didn't talk about the missed extra point mm. that uh, would have, you know, if they had they gone down the field and got the field goal at the end that we ultimately prevented, but had they gotten down to field goal range and got that, they would have won the game on just a field goal because of a missed extra point. And that wasn't like what Jason Sanders, or at least what we had seen from him all day. Super strange from him, obviously, but he did bang a 45-yarder you know, to kind of help us get into the lead and, and keep that and keep pace with the Chargers. A uh, little bit concerning, but not too much. It would have obviously would have been the first thing we talked about, right? If they lose and this guy ends up, you know, not having that extra point, so, obviously. So is it not that concerning? Then? It's if not that, that concerning. Been the major it's not that of- concerning because at the end of the day, if if his job is to make crucial kicks and clutch field goals, He's been doing that for Did us. Did anybody see what happened, though? Was it a bad snap, bad hold? It looked like it was a bad snap because it kind of got stuck in the turf. So it wasn't necessarily in the proper Martin, direction. Martin disagreed. I think no, he says it's questionable. I, I think, no, I just think that he just it went wide right. Like, it wasn't yeah. even that bad, but it was just one of those kicks that you're like, you, should, you expect your guy to kick uh, extra point, no problem. Yeah. But as you've seen in the NFL, it, Field goals aren't not, easy. Extra points aren't easy. That's just nobody. not easy, no, no, dog. Not Andy, look, back. what did Andy tell us? It's the hardest job in football, kicking a fucking field goal. Why? Because you only get one shot I, at I it. I disagree, but, yeah. you know, yeah. Oh, no, he he has top, a valid point. I understand exactly where he's coming from. I totally understand Andy has a valid point. I'm sure Jason Sanders would agree. I think the quarterback is the hardest role. We definitely have to move on to the next topic, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention Tyreek Hill's career day right or one of his career days guy ended up with 11 catches 215 yards two touchdowns including a 47 yard bomb a beautiful end zone over the shoulder grab um just countless plays this guy is able to make and and you love the passion that he plays with right you saw him on the sideline letting the charges know i'm here you know what i mean like that's that dude is really about you know, standing on what he believes in it and doing everything he can to to back all that shit up. Do you see the exchange between him and Jalen Ramsey? No. So Jalen Ramsey obviously is now on our team, but right. before they were teammates, they had a little bit of beef. Beef, yeah. And Ramsey tweeted out, uh, he was like, he's that he's that guy, like he's him or something like that. And Tyreek responded to him. He was like, I thought I was just a return specialist. And then he responded like, I used to think that, but I was wrong. He, he's <laughs> like, you're one of one or hashtag one of one or something like that. And then they showed the uh, the clip from like four years ago when he was on the Jags. It wasn't even on the Rams. And four or five years ago, he was on the Jags. Tyreek was on, on the Chiefs and he was giving an interview. He was like, well, you know, I'm not really too concerned about the matchup. You know, he made the Pro Bowl, you know, his rookie year as a return specialist, you know, and he also did this as a return specialist. He's like, I made all pro. I was, you know, Pro Bowl at cornerback. So we're not really going to talk about that. So like, that was the whole insight. I was like, yo, love that. Even though they're teammates now, you know, they got to get a little, a little chippy. Nah, man, you, you want that iron sharpens iron, that's right. right? That's, that's the saying. Yeah. So, and, and, and it's more of a realization of Tyreek Hill's impact on a, on a team, not only on what he brings to the field on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, how he preps himself, how he takes care of himself, how he practices hard, how he has fun at practice, he has how, fun. right? How he even like just carries that positive energy, defends any single teammate, no matter what, to the death. You know what I mean? Like That's when Ryan got Clark, when Ryan Clark got smart at the mouth, you know what I mean? Uh, talking shit about Tua, Tua stood up for himself, but Tyreek let the world know like, hey, don't come down here to do no fucking show because... You're going to have to see me for talking about my dog. And that's exactly how it goes with Tyreek Hill. And you got to love that energy that he brings, man. And and what else can we say about Tua that we didn't say on OnlyFans? That guy really balled out. Um, allowed Tyreek Hill to have the third most receiving yards in uh, in an opening day game, I believe. Just nasty, bro. Nasty. And shout the, out to the, the O-line, man. I mean. <laughs> Zero dude, sacks, dog. That's, that's the biggest stat line right there, bro. Keep Tua healthy. You know, if we can run the ball more. 
Shout out Martin over here on the sidelines who's shaking his head vigorously. Yes, run the ball more. Run it. Um, run it. Know, if we do that and protect the way we did yesterday, bro, Tua should be healthy the whole season. If Tua's healthy, Tyreek's healthy, we should we should, we should be see looking the, pretty good. Yeah, and we should see these playoff-type wins, mm-hmm. right? This was a playoff-type game, right? Because we're playing another team that has made the playoffs before, and we ended up coming away victorious. We're going to see ourselves in those situations a lot more this year. Uh, we're playing Buffalo, the Giants, Philadelphia, Kansas City, Dallas, Baltimore. All six of those teams have made the playoffs last year, possibly multiple years. You're going to have to go out there and beat some good teams, tough places, tough situations, Dolphins showed on Sunday that they can handle those. Yep, just like um, this Sunday coming up. Yeah, Sunday night Road football. game in Gillette Stadium, Foxborough. Prime time. Patriots, division opponent. They just lost to the Eagles, you know. But they played well against the Eagles, they right? They bounced back. They, they almost had back. that they comeback. They almost had the win. And whenever you're going up against Bill Belichick, you know that you, his team is going to be ready to play football, and they're going to be ready for you. So all the things that you think you're going to get away with, you're not getting away with. You're going to have to play your best ball in order to beat these guys. But I feel real confident, as I'm, I'm sure most Dolphins fans are going into this game, because even though we were underdogs on the road, um, being an underdog in this game is is a highly unlikely scenario for us. So we're expected to handle business. We're going to go. Ha- I have to go out there to Foxborough, take care of business. We're not playing in the snow. We're not playing in a terrible weather or anything like that. So well, there might be a hurricane. That there's New England, but we'll see. It's there's no excuses. <laughs> We're used to that. We're used to hurricanes. Yeah, that's the point. There's no excuses. No excuses if it's raining. But um, I'm just saying we we shouldn't have any excuses because we know that the talent level between both teams is in the favor of the Dolphins. Obviously, if we play like we know we can play. We're going to destroy those guys. We're not going to be fucking around. And I think we saw that yesterday. We had one bad interception, right, which I'm sure Tua could take back. Other than that, we and the fumble, those were two turnovers that you can clean up. If we play mistake-free football against the Patriots, there's no way we're not winning by at least 10 points. Dolphins by a million. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy. You would think that he's a Dolphins fan, right? Hey, Dressed head to who toe. Who would have thunk? Yeah, who would have thunk? Let's see. Prime time against the Patriots Saturday, Sunday, 8.20 p.m. Sunday night football, baby. Lock it in. Let's see. Another team that we got to get locked in. You know what I mean? And if you they haven't. Look, they look like they're locked right now. No, they're definitely locked in. We're talking about the Marlins being locked in. And if you're not locked into watching the Marlins, you're definitely missing out. On good baseball, because a lot of people complain about baseball being boring, not exciting. The Marlins are winning exciting games. I think they're now 30 and what, 8, 30 and 10, 30 and 9 in one run or less games. Like, talk about clutch. This team has been riding a very good winning streak. We've won our third straight series. Uh, We beat the Dodgers two out of three, and then we went to Philadelphia and took care of business there as well, winning two out of three games. Which had huge implications because we're in the race for October right now, right in the thick of it, and the Phillies are ahead of us. So, you know, we took a couple games on them, which is multiple game swing, you know, as far as uh, the wild card implications are. Kind of like in dodgeball, when you catch the ball and you get a two for one. Boom. Boom. That's what we did, bro. So we, how many games did we take on the Phillies finally? We won two out of three against the Philadelphia Phillies. And again, not only did we just put ourselves in a better position against them as far as a tiebreaker is concerned, but we're only a half a game back. You know, this is Monday. We're recording before we play the Brewers in Milwaukee, but we're only a half a game back, Arizona and Chicago. Bark that- twice. <laughs> Bark twice. No. Bark twice if you're, if you're calling from Milwaukee. No. Uh, but if you're... If you if you look at where this Marlins team is at now, Joel, and where we were a month and a half ago, you and I did not see this coming. Nah. The hardcore fan has been sticking to it, but to see this Marlins team a half game behind the wild card at this point in the season, over 140-something games, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to see that, that stock rising on this Marlins team. Young... Marlins team at the right time too because you talk yes. about you talk about a roller coaster or you know a, a stock portfolio and it was high in the beginning of the season and then after you know right up until the all-star break leading up to the all-star break we kind of started to skid it continued yeah. after the all-star break we made a couple moves and stuff I know we've talked about this already a bunch of times but then we were ramping back up and and honestly this series against the Phillies like I'm I'm back in I'm back like I wasn't not back in on the Marlins but like I was getting weary I was like man we have a tough 
tough. You skipped a couple of games. It's okay to we say that. We got a tough dog. division as it is, bro. Like, the Braves dominate us. You know what I mean? They're the best team in baseball. Like, they're, they're 94 and 40. Okay. I mean, they're disgusting. And, and then the wild card spots besides that, like, it's it's always a battle for us. So, when we were taking that skid, we're not getting the pitching that we that we really see. Sandy isn't really the Cy Young winner that we saw a year ago. And then now we start to win series again and, and, you know, we're getting hits and we're getting saves. Like now it's looking like we can make a run for the postseason. But it's more of what's causing that, right? Because I said it earlier this season, we weren't going to be an offensive juggernaut type team. Have we gotten offensive production? Yeah, we got, we've gotten more than what we anticipated, right? What we weren't expecting is the decline in the starting pitching in the beginning, we did not expect that. We we know that our pitching is strong enough. And lately, the, the starting pitcher has gotten back to that level. But what's making the difference right now for this Marlins team is the bullpen, which is crazy because last year, that was the de- detriment of the team. This year, it's the probably the strongest force of the team because right now, the rotation these guys have between Nardi, uh, Robinson, and Scott, it's like a... I'm almost like a pick your poison of who you want to deal with. Cause Nardi is a nasty left-hander. Andrew Nardi comes in. He can make quality pitches. He can get quality out and put the ball in play. Not necessarily be an overpowering guy. Then you can bring in a guy who has overpowering stuff in Robertson. Who's the guy we traded for from the Mets. He has a hundred miles per hour fastball. He can change directions on his slider. He's a guy that, you know, if you throw him in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, is going to pose a nightmare matchup for whoever's facing him because they, they're they not used to seeing his type of movement and velocity. And then you get Tanner Scott at the end, a guy who is very compo- composed, a guy who's very sure of himself, throws a lot of pitches for strikes, throws a lot of pitches to put in play and not necessarily ground balls where it's easy pop outs, you know, short fly outs and stuff like that. So you have an array of closers relievers whatever in this bullpen that can pretty much face any type of hitter depending on the situation because now with the new baseball rules one of those pitchers are going to have to face three guys at the bare minimum you need to be able to have different skill sets right in your toolbox in order to address those concerns depending on the team you're facing who's uh, who's up in the lineup who's batting you know after that guy who's in the hole those those things come into play Right now, Skip Schumacher is taking the most advantage that he ha- has ever taken so far this season over this bullpen by trusting those three guys that I mentioned earlier. And it's really faced, you know, made a difference for this Marlins team. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Granted, you know, half of those wins are a four-season, uh, four-game sweep of the Nationals, you know, where you can count some of those games. But still, these guys are pretty much playing playoff baseball every single game because every team that they're playing is either in the hunt, trying to get into the hunt, or trying to knock a team out of the hunt. And the Marlins are keeping pace, putting pressure on those other teams to win. No, sweeping the, the Nationals obviously is sweet. Yeah, it's like what's expected of us, especially this right. late. But, bro, to go into Philadelphia and win that series on the road? Yeah. After you know, beating with, the Dodgers at home? Playoff implications? I mean, that that's huge. You huge. Know? So I'm, ho- I'm hoping we repeat that with Milwaukee. You kind of have to. And I think that, you know, while Milwaukee isn't the best team, right, right now or in the in the NL, they're still leading the division. They're 79 and 63, a, a team that is working itself into playoff form, a team that we would possibly face if we did make the wild card spot. You have to go out there and compete. How do you compete? You got to walk away with at least half the series. Four games, you got to walk away with two. Now, the difference between good teams and playoff teams is winning that third and fourth game. The playoff teams, they win the third and fourth game. And they'll go out there and win three out of four, four out of four against a, another playoff type team. If the Martins want to get to that level, they're going to have to showcase it against opponents like this. And this is a perfect test for this young Martin squad. Yes, it has veterans that are doing great things. Brian De La Cruz has been killing it. We're going to talk about him right now. Um, Jesus Sanchez is finally coming back into his own and really earning his check. I think that for all the veterans that we have here, it's really been the young guys that have been stepping up and been consistent for us all season. Those are the guys that we got to rely on. I think our, our bullpen is ready to compete. So if we can get those close games, two to three you know, score three runs early, maybe score those four or five runs in the fifth and sixth inning, we'll be solid because the Marlins have shown abilities 
throughout this year to not only score at any point in the game, whether it's early, in the middle, or at the end, but they're always going to be competitive because they can put guys on base. Let's see if, if the Marlins can hold on to get to where they want to be, where, where we want them to be in the playoffs. Well, you mentioned a guy a few moments ago. I know the young guys are, are holding it down, but they are. Brian De La Cruz, man. Bruh. We got to talk about the guy because he's on a tear. I mean, this season has been the Luis Araez season, you know? Yes. He's flirting with 400, up and down, uh, or mostly up, I should say, and, and, and playing very well. It's kind of teetered off a little bit. I haven't really heard his name. I don't, I don't know what his production has been like lately uh, for Araez. Um, but he's the story, the 355, dog, like, which is phenomenal, amazing. But, <laughs> I mean, that is phenomenal still. So he's still doing just just fine. But just fine. Now he's getting a little bit more support from De La Cruz. De La Cruz is playing lights out right now. I mean, just in the month of September. Well, yeah, it's not that long. But today is September 11th. Shout out to everybody on September 11th. Um, 22 years. Dog. Yeah, bro, crazy. I was in high school. Wow. We're not gonna talk about that. Wow. But um, yeah, in the month of September, he has 10 hits, seven runs, three home runs, nine RBIs versus six strikeouts, uh, posting a 286 average, slugging 543. Just been a very solid contributor to this lineup. And if you think about it, when we talked about the stats, Joel, we don't necessarily need him to be the home run guy. We have Soler, right? Soler with 35 home runs has been smashing the ball, right? Bell. We'll give you some. Bell's been great. Jazz is going to give you some. Jazz. Jake Berger's going to give you some. Berger. All of those dudes. But with Brian De La Cruz, it's just been very consistent. Like I said, man, this guy has, you know, three home runs in 11 days so far this month. Most guys don't see that for two, three months. And, And mind you, this guy's just hanging in there. As the number three hitter on this team. And he's getting hot at the right time. Getting right, hot right at the right time. Him. He's 19 home runs on the season. He's going to finish over 20 for sure. We're going to have at least a chance to have three guys between Jazz, Brian, uh, Jorge Soler, and Brian De La Cruz to all finish over 20 home runs. And we talked about earlier in the season. It was like, if we have one guy, we'll be happy. And now we got three guys. And now we see the difference that that makes. But I think it all depends on the the type of defense that we play. Yeah, Brian De La Cruz has been killing it this season. Um, 258 average doesn't look great. 131 strikeouts doesn't look great. But he's slugging very well, 425. Just being a complimentary piece to this offensive lineup. You know what I mean? Because you don't necessarily... That's the thing about this offensive lineup, dog. You don't necessarily have to be the man. You just got to make... Do your job. Do your job and make a play. Hit the ball, boom, get into play, and then boom, a double, and then boom, another single, and then next thing you know, the Marlins scored three runs on six hits. That's how we do it. You know what I mean? And then every now and then, we'll pop off and get somebody with a home run. No. Solera catches two people on base and be like, fuck it, I'm going for it. And, and he'll hit the home run, dog. You, I mean, with this team, it's kind of like the Panthers, you know, a couple years ago. They're, yeah. they're, they're never really out of it. You no. know, they can you can count on them to make a comeback. Against the Phillies, we were down early the day. You know, the what's his face, um, Trev, Trey, Trey Turner for yes. the Phillies had an early home run off of Yuri Perez, and then they ended up going up another run, and then boom, we ended up coming back in that game, and we ended up beating them. So and it's like you just can back. never count the Marlins out at this point. You know, the comeback fish are still swimming, dog. Those guys are fighting hard against the current. You know, one of the lowest um, payrolls in baseball, a team that's not necessarily. Um, not necessarily built for immediate winning, but they are showing that they have something that's really real down here in this clubhouse. There's enough talent here to win. Obviously, we got we can add to it. Maybe we trade a couple of the prospects. We we sign some guys to some money. We increase the budget, something, right? But I, I do feel that there is growth happening within this team. The fact that we're in a fucking wild card race is crazy to me. Yeah, that's that was our expectation for the beginning of the year. No, be in it. Be a team that's like going. The Marlins are six games behind the wild card, dog. What a hell of a season! <laughs> These guys are in it right now, dog. Half a game, dog. They win two two out of if they win three games out of this Milwaukee series, dog. They're gonna be in the wild card spot. Because they're gonna be in the wild card spot, yeah, dog. But, but don't get too ahead of yourselves because right after that we gotta face the Braves. I hear you. I hear you, but maybe we're 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 playing with enough confidence, you know, that we can get by. You never know, Doug. 
Why you, why are you hating on the Marlins, uh, dog? I'm not. I'm not hating. I love my Marlins, bro. I'm just saying, like, I agree. We, but I agree. We need to win. We need to four. win three, you just because I mean? of just that. because we're playing the the Braves right after that. Fuck and, the Braves, and they they always got our number, bro. I mean, they're the they got everybody. How do you beat that team right now, bro? You got to play consistent baseball, which the Marlins have been doing in the last three series. Let's see if they can keep it up for two more series. I think the goal against the Braves is going to be just don't get swept. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. Same. Right? No, no, dude. No way, dog. It's the same level with the. With the Brewers, dog. Yo, the Brewers were a team. Yo, the Brewers were a team that were in the World Series a couple of years ago, dog. But yeah, but you got you got to understand the the Braves are just a different level, right? I At understand least for regular that. season standards. I don't care. Like, you know, every now and then they'll make a really big push in the playoffs. But for the most part, that is our dad. When I it comes get to it. Regular season baseball, a hundred percent, and I <laughs> I'm agree. Hey, no one's I, a bigger I, fan than listen. I the numbers show that. Well, here's my thing. The Marlins have shown a res- an ability to fight. In order to beat the Braves during the regular season, you're going to have to fight. And right now, the Marlins are literally fighting for their lives. They don't have they have a lot more to lose than the Braves do. The Braves can lose fucking 20 games right now and it's not going to matter. Oh, they're the first team locked in a playoff spot. Yeah. You, but I, I you feel me. I Those guys are on cruise control. We we have we're scrappy. No, they're they're not. They today. If you would have seen today's game versus the Phillies, they're not on cruise control. They're but that right. is cruise control for them, dog. <laughs> they literally scored four. They versus the Phillies. They were, they had them about in ninth. Harper hits a game time home run. They come in the tenth and hit a two run jack to take the lead and win the game. They, it was an eight six game. It's like who scores eight runs just for fun. But look right. <laughs> but right now they're losing to the Atlanta. Braves. Yeah, this double header. Yeah, you know, but there's <laughs> down four zip. I want the Braves to win. They're the, men. We need. We they need can the bleed. Fi- we need the Phillies. Yeah, to we, lose. The we don't Phillies care. About, we don't. We don't care about the Braves losing. I know. The, the biggest thing is that we don't have. We don't have our contra for I don't know how many games. It might be yes. the rest of the season. And Solaire's out for probably another five days, six days. Who knows? Because of the oblique. Our team is resilient. Yes, that's great. Resilient doesn't beat the Braves. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but there's a better does. chance. There's a better chance. Than, Defense than does. We had a month ago. I think. Defense feel more confident as a fan. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm I'm more confident today than I was a month every ago. Other, no, not only that, every other season for the last oh, six years. Absolutely. So. Well, maybe not. Yeah, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned in Alcantara 15 day deal. I think he. They're just being cautious. They they, they said. They're being it might cautious. Be a little more worse than we think, and they're making it seem right now. Oh boy, that's that's probably because he's because, fucking. Uh, they're not gonna. They're not. He's gonna not in out. shape. They're dog. not gonna. Yeah, right. That guy. Not, they're not gonna count him out. We're in a playoff race. The last thing that guy wants to hear. Hey, you're shut down. You're done. Exactly. Okay, so he really wants to get out of a game. Imagine being just tell. Hey, so you're, you're saying the there's a chance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Cool. So there's a chance, right? And I really think that Yuri, that guy, is a guy that we can throw at teams to really mess them up. Because he's just so young, right? That he's like, I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do to get people out, and and sometimes you can't plan for that type of shit. So he's an X factor in my book. He's many, an X factor. How many home runs has he given up this year? Though? Who cares, dog? I don't it's know, it's dog. less than he, Sandy. He'll, he'll give up. He'll give up one or two runs a game. As you'll, you'll, you're okay with that. Especially you're okay if, with that. If you're talking about years past, yes, we couldn't run have runs for anything. Like we couldn't save our lives and get runs. But this year we're scoring. We're at least scoring. Last, yeah. I don't know if you got while you guys were watching putrid one o'clock games. <laughs> which was horrible. Every game was boring. I was watching the Martins game. We were no hit through seven. Yep. We won. Yep. We were no hit through seven. We were down by three or four, four. runs. Yeah. Four runs. And we there won. You go. Like, won the game. Think about that. You, Never what, out what, of it. When would you have heard, hey, the Martins Never. Said, Let me turn off the channel. Nope, they won. Never. Never out of it. That's why you got to love the Martins. Shout That's why I Schumacher, said, man. yeah, bro, he's he's been doing a great job. And, uh, and I feel like he hasn't been spoken about enough. He, right? He's the McDaniel of this year. He's the McDaniel of this year. Not getting that credit, and he's really not getting any love nationally. But when you when you live and play in South Florida, it's gonna happen. Especially while you're doing good things, right? Like team, like the national national media is gonna definitely forget about you, man. But like you said, Joel, we got the Marlins facing the Brewers not only tonight. By the time we're reco- uh, recording now, and by the time you guys hear this tomorrow, we'll be into Game Two. Hopefully, the Marlins will be up one zero in this series against the Brewers before we face the Braves. Let's talk about Inter-Miami and Lionel Messi missing a game in MLS. You know, he has that deal where he doesn't necessarily play unless it's a grass field, um, but that wasn't the case. He was actually out a couple, along with six other guys on international duty. He, yeah, he was playing for Argentina. Correct. And hit him a beautiful free kick for Argentina to save them and win that game one zip. What are they playing in? What is They're what? playing for like early qualifiers for the World Cup. Okay. Um, they get those games out of the way. International sure. break happens like every four months and stuff like that, where they have to go back and report to their 
national team. So I heard he wasn't playing in this game, and my first thought was, does Inter Miami have a shot in this game? Like everybody else, right? Yeah. Um, everybody obviously was thinking that, but something that that this team is playing with right now is is a lot of belief, right? Like it's, it's like those dudes got a new spirit from being able to share a field with Messi, dog. Because like even when he, as he wasn't there, right in this game, they still had a fight about them. They still were finding ways to connect passes. They were still finding ways to, you know, defend and, and just stay apart in that game. And they went down early in that game. They were down two zip and actually had to fight back. Uh, they were down one zip, fought back, went down two to one, fought back, and then ultimately ended up getting the game-winning goal in like the 88th minute from Leonardo Campana, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. But just just the way that these guys are, you know, competing, battling, and, and really having a self-belief is showing on the field. And these guys are a real threat now because they're playing with the spirit of Messi even when that guy's not there. This was a super important win. Um, now they're, you know, they're they're climbing up the the Eastern Conference. Uh, now they're still in the same spot, but now they're making a point, right? Um, they're six points behind. Oh, I'm sorry, they're three points behind Charlotte, two points behind New York FC, and one point away from New York Red Bulls. Those are three teams that the that the Inter Miami CF can hop over easily with two wins. So just those two next wins, two more wins, and the the, the CF, I, I, I want to call them something, but it's hard to call them Inter-Miami CF. But whatever, Inter-Miami is going to be in a position. Yeah. IMCF? IMC, mm, Messi, Team Messi. Let's nah, just go nah, with Team nah, Messi. Nah, nah. We'll say Inter-Miami. Inter-Messi. Um, but inter is just going to be able to put themselves in that playoff hunt, you know, and, and be in that wild card. Just... Keep on keeping winning, dog. Got to keep on winning. As long as they keep winning, they're, they're going to be entertaining to watch. Talk to me about Campana. Let's talk about Campana, bro. This guy is picking up the scoring role right now with, with Messi being out. He had two goals in the game. Uh, he has five goals in his last five games, including two games with multiple goals. Um, that's a dude, you know, who who felt the pressure of saying like, fuck, this guy's coming for my job. He's going to take my minutes. He's going to take my goals. I got to fight for what I can do here and show my manager, show the, the club that I'm not just here to play with Messi, that I'm here to, to ball out. And he's been doing that, bro. He's, he's averaging a goal a game in yeah. his last five. Yeah. In his last five, in his last five games. It's pretty impressive. Super impressive. All, all the while keeping pace with Messi, all the while still putting, you know, still being ahead of Messi on the all time scoring list. For Inter Miami. So, yeah, Campanas is definitely taking on that role of being a goal scorer for Inter Miami, which is huge because they, for as, as amazing as Messi is, he's more of a distributor. He's a guy who creates the things to happen. You need people there in order to finish stuff off. Campanas is one of those guys that can finish stuff off. And, and just having them with some type of confidence in that front uh, nine position has really worked for Miami, man. It's, it really has. Uh, the quality that we're playing with is, is up there. And these guys are going to keep it going and, and they need to because we really want to see Inter-Miami make the playoffs. Um, even if it is the wild card spot, uh, the eight and ninth spot make the wild card. Um, but yeah, I want to see those guys make the playoffs and have another team from South Florida make another playoff run. That should be dope. So we know the Dolphins have one of the toughest schedules in football yes. this season. Um, we know the Marlins are in one of the toughest divisions in baseball and have a tough road ahead Neither task is impossible to achieve to get to the playoffs, but they're both difficult and tough. Mm -hmm. What's the rest of the season looking like right now for Inter-Miami? Well, for Inter-Miami, their next game is against Atlanta United, right, which is coming up on Saturday, and they're currently in the sixth spot. So that's a tough matchup for them. Um, but besides that, the next couple of games that they have are favorable matchups. They're playing Toronto, which is at the bottom of the league, right, actually worse than Miami. Um, then they're playing Orlando City, who's another team. They're up there. They're up there. They're in the playoff spot. They're they're th third overall in the East. So we got a six and we got a three. So there's two playoff implicating games there. Games there, right? But like you said earlier, with with you know getting games right with the Marlins, you win against a, a team that's ahead of you. It's almost like getting double the points, right? Because you're getting that those extra three points and you're taking away three yeah. points from them, yeah. right? So 
Inner Miami finds themselves in a very similar position where they can afford themselves the luxury of getting the, uh, getting ahead a lot quicker in less amount of games because something that we pointed out on the last episode was that they still have a game in hand, right? While everybody else has played a certain amount of games, Inner Miami is still yet to play an extra game. That can be very helpful, and, and it could be clutch in making the playoffs this year. Um, after the Toronto game and after the Orlando game, they're going to be playing against Houston, uh, in the U.S. Open Cup, that's another chance for a trophy or or get too closer to a trophy. And then after that, to end September, they're playing New York City FC, which is one of those bottom, bottom teams, a team they can feast on. So I got one last question before we move on from these guys. Any other games that Messi is going to miss in this? Future? No, he should be back for the Saturday game um, because I believe everybody's going to be back from international break which is usually the case. It's only about one week. Let me just double check that real quick. Yeah, because, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. I, I, you know, obviously we've seen we can win without him, but I feel a whole lot better if he's on the yeah, field. Yeah, he'll be playing. He'll be playing on Saturday against Atlanta. Um, everybody will be back for um, international break by then. Cool. So we'll have him for the important, next important three matches. Betting the house. Betting the house on Inter-Miami. You can really make some money off that. Jeez. We need the Hard Rock app back, baby. Let's go. You're killing me. Yeah, I got my You're wings. killing me. Hit me up. You got, you're killing me. You're killing <laughs> me, Hard Rock. Um, let's talk about the you. Oh, my God. The Miami Hurricanes, baby, pulling off an upset against number 23 ranked Texas A&M. A team that they should have beat last year, right? I'm, I'm going to say I'm very proud of, thank you. of Mario Cristobal and this program. On behalf of Mario, thank you. You're very welcome. Um, no, but honestly, you know, I saw, the, I saw the entirety of the game, and that game was not handed to the Hurricanes. No. But, man, it, you know, there was times where it was, they were their own worst enemy. Yes. But at the end of the day, just like the Dolphins, they were able to make the big plays when they counted most, and they walked away with an impressive win over a ranked opponent. A dominating win, bro, because without those mistakes that we literally handed Texas A&M points and, and gave them momentum in the beginning of the game, that score could have been 48 to 20. Should have been. Should have been, right? Because the defense was playing amazing Right, we really shut down Texas A&M offense. Um, they have a guy in Noah Thomas who's gonna be a first round pick for sure, probably a top ten pick. This guy has NFL fucking wide receiver prototype written all over him, and this guy only had four catches for thirty eight yards and one touchdown, and that was a late touchdown, by the way. Um, but yeah, we held that guy who's their number one threat completely in check. Now they all had another guy named Ever who was able to make some plays and, and get some you know, good first down plays for the Texas A&M Aggies, but nothing that the defense couldn't handle. We got to the quarterback. We were able to hit him, put a bunch of pressure on him, and the Canes had an answer for every single question and big play that Texas A&M did. Every time that Texas A&M did something, Hurricanes had a response, whether it was defensively or offensively. We saw that, and I was thinking to myself as I'm watching the game, right? Well, once the game was over, I was like, fuck, bro. Last year, the Hurricanes probably would have lost this game. You know, and it would have been mm -hmm. pissing me off because I would have been like, yo, these we guys are won that game. You, we should have won that game where we obviously are that much better. We obviously have much more talent than these guys. But, you know, even with the slow start, we still put ourselves in a position to make plays and to win the football game. Tyler Van Dyke. Oh, bro. my God. I mean, that was so that was going to be my next point, you know, talking about how proud I am, you know, of these guys is is the fact that last year was kind of the the, the year of the regression for mm -hmm. Tyler Van Dyke. You know, mm -hmm. he played so well the year before and there's a lot of expectations first year in the Mario Crystal Ball. What can they do? And it was a little underwhelming. Um, Jake Garcia got a lot of playtime last year, even the guy behind him who I can't. Williams. Yeah. You know, it, it was kind of a weird season for our quarterback room. But, you know, to come into this game against, you know, this A&M team, granted you're at home, but there's big expectations for you to go out there and throw five touchdown passes. Bro, career high. I mean, that's that's a big bounce back, you know, from last year. Joel, not only a career high day for him, dog, with the weight of the world on your shoulders, because this is a primetime game, right? Got pushed back. So it's on ABC, nationally televised game against a ranked opponent who beat you last year. Now they're in your house. You have all the pressure, all the lights. It had rained before. Like, all these things are happening in this game to be like, fuck. It's taking all of the advantages that the Hurricanes have away. And Tyler Van Dyke found a way to be his most composed self that day, dog. 
It was so impressive to see, man. Move the, the ball around. That's the shit that when I see him, I'm like, bro, any NFL team would die to have a quarterback like him, dog. He he looked really good, man. He looked very prototypical. Like, you know, he he he's standing strong, tall in the pocket, and and the way he gets the ball around, the, you know, the zip he has on it too. He can get it there quick. Um, and just making good decisions, you know, like going through his reads and just understanding who's open. Like that's that's huge, you know. That's what you want to see from from a third year guy. Twenty one of thirty for three hundred and seventy four yards, zero ints. That's the biggest stat right there. The zero ints. The five TDs is beautiful, but the zero ints. You made no mistakes out there. Yeah. No, and, and putting guys like we said earlier with Tua, so it's crazy how these guys are so fucking like similar, similar bro. Putting guys in a position where when they catch the ball, they can do something with it. Xavier Restrepo, six catches, one hundred twenty six yards, uh, a long of forty eight. Uh, Jacoby George, that guy deserves fucking so much praise because he had that muff putt. Early he was on. the one that had that muff punt, which allowed um, Texas A&M to score a touchdown. But what he did he do? Himself. This guy rebounded, had five catches for 94 yards and three touchdowns, was including he? an 84-yarder. Which was that not 64 the, kick, the kick return? Was that not the punt no, return? No, no, it wasn't the punt return. Wasn't that George? That, that was Brashard. Oh, it was Brashard? That was Brashard. Brashard Smith had that That, that was that a run huge, back. That was such a huge momentum yards. swing for, for the Hurricanes right there with that return. Very Devin Hester-esque. Yes, sir. But you, one thing I wanted to ask you, you know, TVD exploded. You know, the receivers, you know, had a great game. Mm-hmm. What happened with the running situation for the Hurricanes? We, we definitely kind of had to take a step back and, and take what the defense was giving us. Texas, um, their O-line and their D-line are huge, even by NFL standards. You know, those guys average 6'3", 300 pounds, 290 pounds. So it was going to be hard for our speedster-type guys to really get going. But we showed a commitment to it. Harry Parrish Jr. had 10 carries um, for 50 yards. Um, A.J. Allen had five carries. Donald Cheney Jr. had three carries. So there were, there were running attempts made, but... The offense was just moving so smoothly with the short passes turning into young, long, you know, gains that we was like, it was almost like we were running the ball that way. Five, six, seven yard catch turning into 15 yards gain, 20 yards gain. Those are the type of things that helped us move the sticks without running the ball effectively. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, we also shut down their run, right? They only had, they, their guy had 18 carries for 62 yards, so... It was it was that type of game, right? Like we're we're gonna throw the ball. That's one thing I can say. You know, we had two interceptions towards the end of the game that pretty much shut it down. Um, one of them from from damn it, dog, his name escapes me now. Kitchens, the guy who got hurt, who we're gonna talk about now. Um, but they were timely defensive stops. Those are the things that I needed to see from the Hurricanes. Those are the things that. The Hurricanes needed to do to beat a team like Texas A&M. This dude who um, who quarterbacks for them, Wigman, he had a great game, 336 yeah. yards, two touchdowns, two INTs. But those two INTs were amazing plays by the defensive back. Um, like I said, I, like I mentioned, Cameron Kitchens, he had an interception. He had a great game, f- uh, recovered a fumble as well. Um, definitely had a, a, a role to play in that defense. Ended up with seven total tackles, three solos. Before he left the game injured on the cart, um, he I think he had like a neck spasm or some shit. Uh, it looked bad. He got carried off the field on a stretcher, um, but he was released later on from the hospital. All signs pointing to him being okay, being able to resume his normal activity. So we're glad that he's doing well. Yeah, it was a scary moment for you know a star player for the Hurricanes. You yeah. definitely don't want to see that, but you know it's good to hear that he's he's doing better. Yeah, yeah, um, and. Again, an impressive victory for the for the Hurricanes. I mean, two huge. and zero. Now we're ranked twenty two. Yep, they made it. They cracked the top twenty five. They knocked out um, Texas A and Texas A and M out of the top twenty five, and that's huge, man. Because you, you have, I mean, you got a rival that's top three right now, bro. So if you can continue to put together a decent season, when we know we got to face these guys, that'll be the the you know the deciding factor right there. In my eyes, you can't even focus on FSU right now, bro, because but they're, family, they're that much better it. than us. And the reason why I say that is because we still have some tough opponents ahead of us. Georgia Tech is going to be a tough ACC opponent, and so is North Carolina. They're, they're ranked right now. Mm-hmm. Before we play Clemson, even though they lost to Duke, Clemson's you know, washed. Clemson's always going to be Clemson in, in the ACC. They're washed. Yeah, you can say that all you want, though, but so I don't believe Bama. it. Yeah, Bama's washed. Tired of Bama. All right, watch those guys. Go Buffs. 
Um, but yeah, Prime. we got a quick turnaround against Bethune, Bethune Cookman. Uh, that should be a dub. That should be an easy dub. You know what I mean? Maybe play some of the second and third string guys. Get up early, quick in the game, right? Rest everybody and, and you know, let some players who didn't get a chance to play on Saturday get a good run in on Thursday. Keep everybody healthy and then get ready to make a serious run, bro. Because like I said, after that, we got Texas Tech. Um, then we're playing uh georgia tech and then we're playing north carolina so tough matchups yep. you want to you want to go into that north carolina game undefeated obviously yep. uh but Feeding you just want to you want that momentum that we're playing with right now to continue that's all you want you want that momentum to to keep going don't stop yep. hey that was nice i like that if, we if you know to the soundboard. No, if you know if you know um but one last thing too before we jump off college football just want to shout out my UCF Knights who pulled out a big oh, victory a on the road against <laughs> Boise State in that horrific blue, blue turf field. it's weird it's weird 18 to 16 we lost our star quarterback in the process which sucks but hey we're uh, we're 2 and 0 right now so shout out go Knights charge on and uh i mean i know you don't have anything else on here but I, I, I just wanted to ask you, what would you think about Israel Adesanya getting dropped by Sean Strickland? It is on actually night? on there on the honorable mentions, but I didn't put it, I think, on your version. Oh, there's a second page. Oh, look at that. Look at that. No, Sean great Strickland, segue. man. Yes, absolutely. Great segue. God, I should have put some money on Strickland, <laughs> dog. I should have put money on that guy, Hey, bro. that he guy's crazy. He dropped dog. He dropped him, but I think that he just pushed the pace of the fight so much that it got to Izzy. You know what I mean? And we've seen Izzy struggle when guys that are bigger than him kind of just, you know, relentlessly go at him and throw punches and, and be in his face. He doesn't use, usually have a, you know, a good game plan for that shit. And he got caught. You know, Dana White kind of said after the fight that maybe he thinks that the quick turnaround on the fight from Alex to this... I think so. Might have been too much. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. Because, you know, whenever you're in a battle like that, dog, you're talking about fighting, dog. Yeah, that shit takes a fucking toll on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like... You 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 kind of have to keep that in mind, um, but I think they're gonna do an immediate rematch. I think they they both were able to sell enough of, of the pay per views um, that if you were to put them next to a, as like a co main event or a main event on another card, it would obviously sell. But I think Izzy should take his time, wait until like the beginning of the new year, right? We're already in September. Give yourself a good solid four or five six months. You know what yeah, I mean? Take a break, bro. Take a break. Nobody's gonna miss you. Let this guy, you know, be the champ for a little bit, and then. Come see, back and see what happens and see what happens in, in round two, man. Um, but Sean Strickland undefeated in 2023. He's now three and zero, fighting a three fight win streak Damn. as he is crowned the middleweight champion of the UFC. That's impressive. Yeah, you know what he was, was a impressive? Big underdog Coco Groff, Groff winning her first ever major in the U.S. Open up in New York, man. Y youngest woman, yeah. to, to win it. Well, she's a teenager, isn't she? In, like no, 19? youngest in a while, in like twenty something years. Second youngest, yeah, so second age, youngest. Either same age as Serena or a year older. Yeah, like right around there. But still impressive that's to be a huge. teenager and go out there and fucking win that tournament. Um, that's a hard tournament to win because of the pressure that is on. Right, like everybody goes there. It's New York City. It's wild. People are cheering. Like. And it's a hard court, right? Where the ball is much, much faster. You really got to play with a lot of power. There's not enough room for like precision shots or sh softer shots. But she went out there and dominated. Dominated, then world number two, who's currently now world number one. So she went out there, beat world's number two. The, the lady who lost ends up being world number one. That's how good she is, right? And the performance that she put on on, on her way to the finals. Um, but Fort Lauderdale's own, man, Coco Groff. And she's a Dolphins fan, too. So it was shout a good, out to it Coco. It was a good week for South Florida, dog. The Dolphins win, the Hurricanes won, and you had Coco from Fort Lauderdale. Taking it all. Win her first Grand Slam title. Yeah. No, no, Novak Djokovic, he won his 24th major. That guy's a beast. Oh, home. You know, that guy's right quick. Most the most by any player in the of the open era. Just something slight. Al Alcaraz shit the bed. Mind you, this guy battled Nadal and fucking Roger Federer for pretty much his entire career, yeah. and he still went goes out there and fucking makes that history guy's, like that. Guy's that. A goat. that guy's nasty. He's nasty. Um, but I think it's time, dog. Let's tell a friend. Time to tell a friend. It's time to tell a friend. To go subscribe to OnlyFans to right now. Go subscribe right now and tell somebody else who's not subscribed yet, who's a big time Dolphins fan, to not only check out OnlyFans, but again, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification button yeah. too. That way you guys know whenever we're dropping those awesome videos, man. Until next time, peace. peace.